Are we recording? Okay, there it goes. All right. All right, here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Professional Development with yes. Jim Brandon. <laughs> this is oh, cool, man. I'm so I, much fun. I'm pumped that we're doing this. I'm too. Dude, 10 years ago, we were doing Institute in the Mississippi Delta. Yeah, right today, out right out of college. It's, it is crazy that it's been 10 years. Yeah. I think um, 10 years almost to the exact day where yeah. they ended everything early for us and we got back and they were doing games and stuff. I think, I think it, made, it was a Friday. I think it was like a Friday before like 4th of July. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, and we had been, because we've got to induction at like June, the end of June, right? And there was like three, to, not three weeks, but there was like a week and a half. And then that you rolled into like summer school. Yep. And I remember coming off the bus uh, completely exhausted, like hadn't slept. Oh, none of us had. <laughs> You're like expected to do lesson planning until like three and yep. then get up, which is insane, which is insane. Like that should never have happened. No. Um, <laughs> but I remember coming off the bus that day and... I thought it was like a joke. I didn't think they were I serious. Too. I thought it was like some form of hazing or something. <laughs> like, and they had like, yeah, they had like popsicles in the games and they were like, happy 4th of July. And they gave you like a free half day. Yeah. Okay. Man. Let's I, do I, intros. I'm intros. I'm listening to, to our conversation. Like, I feel like we need, we need to get some more context. So yeah. uh, for anybody listening, welcome. Um, we, we are teachers. Uh, my name is Brandon, and I, I, I've been teaching for 10 years. And yeah. we, like what we're talking about, we started teaching in uh, the Deep South in the state of Mississippi through mm -hmm. Teach for America uh, back in 2011. So uh, I've been teaching for, uh, I taught for two years in Mississippi. And then after my Teach for America commitment was over, I moved back to my hometown of Stockton, California, where I was raised and graduated from uh, back in high school. And uh, part of my motivation for doing Teach for America was my high school experience where uh, I realized like upon my senior year, like the stats were, were staggering to me uh, of the 900 or so freshmen that entered in uh, about only about 450 or 500 graduates around the 50%, a little over 50% graduation from the freshman class um, that we had initially, which I thought was crazy. And of that graduation, that graduating uh, amount, 450 to 500 seniors, only about 10% of us went on to four-year four universities. And, you know, that 10% is a stat that uh, I saw year after year in college, um, at, you know, for, for schools such as the one that I graduated from, which, you know, um, lower income inner city schools and whatnot. So, um, and it just, it, it's, it's a, it became a, a source of motivation for me to consider what could I do about this? And so I applied Teach for America and that's how I got into teaching. And so I came back and uh, I've been teaching in Stockton ever since for the last eight years, um, uh, teaching high school chemistry. Still in the game, still in the game. That's half yeah. the battle, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we hit the decade mark, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's like a, that's a badge of honor. <laughs> I know, I know. Love, love my job, love my job so much, love teaching so much um, and next year we're trying something I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a switch so uh, going from 10th grade chemistry to fifth grade science at a 
a new school starting up in South Stockton called Kip Stockton Middle School. So I'm joining the Kip mm-hmm. train, very excited. I'm uh, really excited about the vision for for this school that's coming to Stockton and being on that founding team. So that's cool, man. Aren't you are you doing instructional coaching in that role or a full time classroom? Full time classroom. Yeah. Cool, man. Instructional coach is something I, I would be interested in doing in the future. Uh, definitely something. Yeah. I could I could get into in the future, but this is just straight up. We're we're, we're laying the foundation. <laughs> man, that's good content. It's it's wild to kind of hear you like thinking thinking where we start in TFA in the Delta and kind of what's what's been going on I I hadn't even thought until we were talking about it this morning like 10 years that's uh that is a badge of honor yeah. uh that's pretty cool man that's pretty cool <laughs> um all right so I'll do I'll do my intro uh what's up everyone my name is Jim Mares. uh I'm also still teaching uh started with Brandon we I think we even lived in the same room and they're in the same dorm in TFA Institute, oh, we were, right? Yeah, we, we were on the same yeah. floor, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brandon and I started out 2011 TFA Mississippi Delta Corps, um, and I stayed teaching. So I, I was started uh, at the Summer Institute in Mississippi, and I was placed uh, in a very small town in the Arkansas Delta called Mark Tree. Uh, I taught there, I taught eighth and 10th grade English there uh, for four years. Uh, TFA only oh, asked you. Yeah, yeah. So I stayed there for uh, for two extra years. Um, I stayed I stayed in Mark Tree because we were uh, in my first year. We transitioned to a project based learning model. Um, so my district partnered with uh, this organization called the New Tech Network, and they uh, they they call themselves a school design partner um and so what they what they do is they they go one-to-one tech um project-based learning model and i thought this was great um because you know i was a new teacher and i was like i was all about moving and shaking you know what i mean and uh so tim i felt like this represented um i i one i was excited about it right because i like i really was was pumped about project-based learning and thought it was um, a good idea. And I still do, by the way. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, I, I was excited. I, I liked the town. Um, I loved the people that I was working with, the community, uh, small town, Friday night lights, going to get fried catfish, you know, the whole deal. Oh my man. goodness. I love oh, the fried catfish. Yeah. So good. man. One of the things I miss the most from the South. Yeah. Yeah. Those extra calories though, they, they add up. Um, so yeah, so stayed, stayed in Mark tree for two extra years. Cause I was, um, I don't know. It was, it was a cool leadership role. Um, uh, I, I got along really well with my administration and mentors there and, and I thought we were doing really cool things and, yeah, yeah. um, and then I was, um, there was a, I, I just liked Arkansas. Like I liked living there. I wasn't really, I was kind of making, I, I was making it work. Um, yeah. I weren't very far from Memphis, right? We went. No. To, yeah. We, we were right. A couple times and, and took some, some weekend trips to Memphis. We, I was in Memphis a lot, man. I know, yeah. I know all the Memphis barbecue spots. Oh I yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, Beale street. It was fun. Beale street was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time, man. And stacks you, you're, you're a musician. You know, you know about stacks. Uh, yeah uh that's recording i was gonna say yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went there 
Uh, I yeah. know we got to visit, but I know that's like a, a historic site. Yeah. My parents, um, my parents went and hit up all a lot of those like historical uh, like landmarks and whatnot when they came to, to visit. In a couple yeah. Times. Yeah. It's a real, it's an amazing music scene in Memphis. So beautiful episode on things that I, I regret not doing. <laughs> well, let's I go, man. Let's go. <laughs> Stacks is really cool. Um, so yeah, I, we were right outside of Memphis. Um, after four years, I was kind of, you know, I was a little bit itching for some change, but I didn't want to completely leave Arkansas. And uh, there was a role that opened up for TFA on staff as an instructional coach. Um, and I was excited about that because I could do instructional coaching, which I thought was, um, you know, the next, the next level, the next thing that you're supposed to do. Uh, and yeah. I have some thoughts on that, but yeah, so I did that and I loved that. I was, you know, we had a fantastic team. Um, it was, it was a really cool challenge and experience. And, uh, as a coach for TFA, you travel around and you, you sit in on other TFA members classrooms and you observe them and give them feedback much like an administrator does. Um, so that exposed me to, I, I mean, I worked with like a dozen, at least a dozen different school districts. And so it was really cool. Like every yeah. week you're like going around driving to different school buildings. And I built up like this huge context, right? Like you, you see, you really do see like in a very short amount of time, like all these differences and how the school systems are working and how, like what's successful and what's not successful. And, um, so I did that for two years. And then my second year in that role was the first time we had expanded into the, it was the first time TFA expanded into the Little Rock School District. Uh, and so I was the instructional coach who uh, helped to head up that expansion. And I coached, I coached all the new Little Rock um, teachers that one year, um, which was, which was really challenging. Um, but it was, it was really rewarding. And um, and uh, yeah, I, I wish that I had, you go into a, a larger sort of urban district like that and you realize very quickly, like, I don't know, like how slow moving things can be. And like, uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it. But like one thing that was amazing about, you know, some of the smaller, more rural school districts, like where I taught at and some of the places where I, um, the, they're very nimble. And a lot of times, like I, a lot of times in my conversations with the principals, like super eager for feedback, not always, but like generally like really eager for feedback. What can we do? How can we change? Um, and there was like a real big appetite for change and like small school district, they can do that stuff on a dime, but like Little Rock, um, Little Rock was, was not able to do that. So anyway. That's refreshing to hear because I feel like um, oftentimes that's not the, the perception of, of like a small yeah. rural school district, like. Yeah. I mean, they had their, they, they, obviously there's, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but they have, there's a lot of small town politicking that can go on too, but. Oh, um, good. <laughs> yeah. Tell you but I, yeah. So I did that. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a cool role, man. I mean, instructional coaching. Um, the, the, the biggest reason that I was, that I ended up, well, one, I, I was, I was dating a girl. Uh, so Aaron and I, Aaron, was going into grad school um, at in my second year, and one I was like, I was get, kind of getting kind of getting your which fiance. Yeah, yeah we're getting in your second year TFA, second year of a second uh, year of working on staff. Coaching. 
staff. Yeah, okay, second year of working okay. on staff yeah. for TFA. So, so that would have been, that brings me up to my sixth year in education. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And so we, at that time we were, I was living in Little Rock um, and I absolutely loved it. We had a great crew there. Um, Little Rock is a fantastic city. It's really cool. Uh, Aaron and I, Aaron and I sort of reminisce a lot about our Little Rock days. Um, yeah. yeah. But so then Aaron gets into grad school and I was kind of thinking like, all right, well, should I stay or should I go? And, uh, and I go, and I go and I went. And so she went to going to grad school in Pittsburgh and I initially applied to some jobs in Pittsburgh. Um, and like, I didn't know it at the time, but I guess the Pittsburgh public school system was like, had this at, at the exact time I was applying, there was this huge, like, this is a rumor. So if you're listening from Pittsburgh and you know more about this and I'm wrong, maybe, but, um, I guess there was this huge, like departmental chaos. Like some people were leaving, there was high turnover. Um, cause like not to toot my own horn here, but like, I feel like if you get a veteran six year person who like wants to go back into the classroom, like generally school administrators will jump on that yeah. but I applied I applied and like nothing like I didn't hear anything at all um, overqualified <laughs> I, I don't know I guess but um and then I applied to this one charter school there was an there was there was an instructional role open okay. or an instructional leadership role open I didn't like I I I heard not great things about it but um Anyways, point is I, I couldn't, yeah, I need, point is I need a job and I, I was kind of striking out in Pittsburgh. And so I, I was applying to other schools in the Northeast. And then um, I got this cool offer to teach AP seminar in Brooklyn with Achievement First. I was pumped about, I was pumped Ooh. about the course. Uh, and you taught IB, right? I did. I, yeah. Is that you I, still I do? IB school in Stockton the last eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So seminar is AP seminar is a new class from the college board. Uh, and it's similar to like the theory of knowledge from, Oh, I taught that the, class. Yeah. I taught that yeah. Two years. Isn't it fun, man? Three it's years. My apologies. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. It is a fun class. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, I, I've taught AP seminar. <laughs> <laughs> I what else okay look I love I love what I did I love the people in Brooklyn but like I feel like we just didn't have as much fun with AP seminar as we could have because achievement first uh they do a lot of things well but one thing that like it was it was very very rigid like there was like like kind of top there was like a top down sort of curricular push of like this is what you got to do and AP seminar as as you probably know from teaching theory of knowledge like it's really not about that. It's like very inquiry based. It's very yeah. like responsive immediately to like what the students are, are generating. And so like, I, I would lessons from current events. Like we, we would yeah. talk about what's oh, going yeah. usually. Yeah. And so I kind of, I, I, that sometimes I did feel some conflict with AP seminar and like the general sort of theory mm -hmm. uh, of, of change at achievement first and the way that I was being coached, but I don't like blame. I'm not like resentful of that. I just think that kind of, and, and I, and I would say that like, they've done a good job in the seminar department of sort of recognizing that. I think I was the first or the second, I, I came in at the first or second year that's uh, that AF taught that. 
and then they've they've done a good job uh kind of adapting the course a little bit but it's it's definitely not like what achievement first sort of um at least from my experience with achievement first it's not like what they typically do like it's pretty like it's very direct instruction clear key points criteria for success rapid feedback monitoring all that stuff which can work really well but it's not like um it doesn't work for that it's, it's a different yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a different sort of i it's a different approach for sure uh, yeah. um but i love i mean obviously i got way cooler just because i lived in brooklyn for two years and so that was really cool <laughs> uh you know you tell people you live in bushwick like right off the right off the l train and they're like oh man you're super cool Ooh, uh, super yeah cool. <laughs> grade a gentrifier man and there's oh, a whole no. <laughs> there's a whole lot of baggage that comes with that for sure. Um, yeah, I mean that, but, that's real. Yeah, yeah. And my students and I had my students had some of them in AP seminar. They wrote they wrote research papers on on gentrification in Bushwick, and and they were incredibly successful and super cool. So that was that was fun. Uh, yeah. And I love teaching. So that brings me, I'm rambling now, but that brings me up to eight years, right? So I taught in Brooklyn at Achievement First for for two years. And at that point, Aaron and I, um, we had gotten engaged and we're kind of thinking, you know, where do we want to land? Um, and I love New York City, but I, I also know that, like, I, if you're not native to New York City, it's hard to commit to New York City. That's 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 my that's my thing. I mean, New York New City York is, is overwhelming. And I, I don't get overwhelmed by by like people and lots and lots of like uh, yeah. propolis. Like, I, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I went to New York back in 2015, visited, and it is overwhelming. And like living there, like I, I feel like I, I could do it if I were 25 years old and single. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I, if I were like trying to start a family and like you know do all that, and like it, I feel like it would be challenging for just because like I'd want to just, I just want to do all this stuff. I'd be like New York's yeah. a never-ending activity best like there's so many yeah. things to do <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh yeah it was it's it was it was awesome for it, it was a huge huge change for me because i had never yeah. i mean little I, I had literally only ever lived in small towns until moving to little rock right so like grew up in new hampshire school in upstate new york delta for six for five years and then little rock is like a small city but it's little rock is like four blocks of new york city um okay. And, uh, and then you move to Brooklyn and, the, and, you know, for me, I like, I'm a very outdoorsy person. Um, I like getting out, going hiking and swimming and that kind of stuff. And it's just yeah. like, you, you do have like New York city is this really cool, exciting place. Um, but it, it was, it was, what I'm trying to say is it wasn't going to be the, the place where Aaron and I were going to settle down. And so that, that yeah. became very evident. And so I was like, well, what, you know, there's no real point in, in kind of dragging this out longer. Like if we should kind of get to where we're at least get to a place where we like think we might kind of be for a while. Yeah. Um, so that ended up being, being Boston. Cause Aaron and I, I have, you know, I'm from New Hampshire. Aaron has family here. Um, and I look, you know, I was looking around and, and I was excited about, about the, the school I'm at now. And, and here I am teaching this, this, I'm going to my third year here past two years. I taught AP Lang, um, which is similar to AP seminar. There's a lot of crossover with AP seminar, although it's a lot more sort of, it is a lot more direct instruction teacher led. Um, yeah. And then, so I've taught AP seminar here for the past two years and next year I'm excited because I'm teaching um 
mostly AP Lang, excuse me, I've taught AP Lang here at, at Brook for the past two years. And then next year I'm teaching a combo of AP Lang and AP Seminar. So some of my Lang kids from this year are, are rolling up into seminar with me next year. And that's, we should have fun. That's awesome. When you're able to do that with students and, and loop up. It's so yeah. Fun. Yeah. So I I'm a TOK. Okay. I, I got to teach like two years. It was a two year course. And yeah, it was nice to loop up. Yeah, man. So that's the long intro. I know that we said two minutes, but you know, that's, that's the whole resume. That was good. That's amazing. Well, that's, I, think I think it's good. I think it's good. People, people yeah. get a good sense of, of, you know, your, your teaching experience, your history, and uh, it, it could, it could prompt good questions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I guess like, let's, let's, let's bring it, let's bring it all like hyper current to right now. Like what's, yeah. what, what are we doing here on this podcast? Like what yeah. is the, the vision? Um, yeah, man. I mean, look, we just got through teaching a, in a pandemic, you know, um, I, you know, I think just to, you know, chat about it a little bit. Um, sorry, hang on. We're going to edit this, but Aaron's texting me. Oh, no worries. This is why we have editing software on post. It a hundred percent is. <laughs> No worries. Um, yeah, this is definitely the editing. <laughs> uh, I'll take that, that edit break to yawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, we were on a good roll. Let me let me bring it back here. All right. So, what were you saying? Current, bring, what are we, why are we doing the podcast? Yeah, like, so, so yeah. we both talked about, like, our background, our teaching, and, and, like, so what are we doing here on this podcast? Like, yeah, where man. are you watching or listening kind of a thing? Just give, give, give. I mean, I've, why don't you, why don't you start? That's, what do you, like, you and I have been talking about this for a while. Yeah. Why, you know, I, I think we're both pretty excited about this, but why, why don't you start that one? For sure. I think, I think for me, um, I, like, we, we mentioned this idea of, like, instructional coaching mentoring and like me like I mentioned that like that's something I want to look into in the future and I think what better way to kind of dip my toes in the waters of uh like helping teachers teach um, and supporting teachers than like just kind of sharing what I've learned the last 10 years and so um you know the last year and a half or so I've dabbled in the uh, social media content creator waters of TikTok and Instagram and had a lot of fun with that very yeah. short form, very, very just for fun hobby. Like it, it's something that, that just kind of, you know, during, during the pandemic life allowed me to connect with a lot of teachers across the country. Um, and especially in the beginning of teaching in the pandemic, like March, April, May uh, of 2020, there was a lot of really awesome support. And so I kind of saw like the potential for uh, the, the content creator medium um as just being an awesome tool for not only networking yeah. but it's inspiring and 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 hopefully this podcast brings some inspiration and some uh some, some in, any kind of helpful assistance or tips or, or whatever just entertainment you know like yeah. uh, it, but like for me it's just like i i would love to create some kind of community whether it's just like a handful of teachers or maybe 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 more than that who knows but some kind of small um but you know hopefully impactful community uh and and hopefully i love to use this as a platform to kind of talk with some of our like connections friends of ours mutual friends friends that 
um, mm -hmm. or in the space, the educator space to try to uh, not only learn from them, but share, like have them share what they've learned and, and just kind of, yeah, start, start a little bit of a, a community around that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with all that. I think obviously you and I go way back and I think it's cool to do this podcast where we've, first of all, a lot of teachers leave, right? Like a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people don't make it to 10 years and that's, um, yeah. we, there's a lot of reasons for that, but I think, I, I think I'm, in, I'm excited about this because I, I really love talking about teaching. I love talking about education and I want to do it in a way that like, doesn't drive Aaron insane. Um, <laughs> or like, and also from my own sanity, like, yeah. you, you know, like you need to compartmentalize, man. Like you, you, you remember when you're first teaching and like, literally all you do you're only friends with teachers yeah. you only ever talk about teaching saturday sunday you wake up and you're like working around the clock and like trying to go over the week <laughs> trying to yeah frantically. It, exactly like yeah. i remember so i want to like have like a a healthy conversation about teaching um because i i am excited about it but i feel like um i never I, I want to have a space where we can just kind of talk about teaching like pretty openly, right? Like you're yeah. never like, you're never kind of like, those spaces are kind of few, like basically those spaces exist at happy hour. <laughs> like the, teach, the teacher happy hour, which like, I don't really have time to go to anymore. Um, <laughs> although I probably will. <laughs> Dad's life, we ain't got time. The podcast, yeah, man. we can do podcasts whenever we want. <laughs> right. And I think like, <laughs> Yeah, I just thought that it was one, I feel like people are eager kind of for a conversation around education, like they have been for a long time. And I think I yeah. said this, I think I said this to you earlier, but like, you know, it's, it's important to recognize, like, we're not doing, I think it's important to recognize just we're not doing anything new. Okay, like, a lot of people have done a lot of work ahead of us, right? So like, we're oh, not, yeah. not going to be we're not, this is not, a, to me, this is not about like trailblazing or bursting onto the scene. And no. like, <laughs> it's just, it's literally just like, um, you know, I feel like I would have benefited, especially as a younger teacher from like hearing a perspective like ours of like friends who have been teaching for at this point a decade, which is kind of crazy to say, uh, who are, who are talking about teaching. Cause like, it's, it's it's easier now but it's still hard and you yeah. still you still get frustrated and you still um but like obviously we're both we're both still doing it and i and i love it but it's and it's yeah. a it's definitely more than a job right and so i i want to do the podcast because it's like a, a good i feel like it's a good space to talk about what's going on to to think about you know, my own practice in my own classroom in a new way. And then the, the one new thing that I, or not new, but like, I feel like as a teacher, right, there's this huge, there's this huge disconnect between, um, and maybe this is, this is not true for everyone, but it feels true for me is like, there's a real disconnect between the research and the application, right? Like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of scholars and people like kind of that's on like the cutting edge of like, this is, uh, this is what we're seeing. These are the trends. Like you talk about the school to prison pipeline or restorative justice and uh, critical race theory and like all this kind of stuff that's sort of like in like the academic ether. Yeah. 
uh, and like lexicon of like the news and the media. But like a teacher who's grinding it out day to day, five periods a day with two prep periods or whatever, like they aren't, they don't have the mental capacity to like apply that. And oftentimes the professional development settings like aren't really doing that because a lot of times the schools are like trying to solve just like where do you post people for the dismissal procedure right and like running through logistics like that and so i i thought you know what i'm interested in talking about on the on the podcast is like a really concrete space to say all right well this is like you know, this is the new article. This is the new book that was published. Like, I want to talk about Clint Smith's new book, for example, and like, what does it mean? Very concretely, what does it mean? What does it look like? That conversation, I'm not exposed to very often. And I feel like if I've been teaching for 10 years, <laughs> uh, probably a lot of other people aren't exposed to it. So that's kind of what I was interested yeah. in, in thinking about, you know? I like that. And, and I love your you, you have an interest and, and a motivation to bring in literature and research because that's something as a teacher that like you mentioned, like grinding it out, you got, you know, X amount of classes with like little prep time. And, and like, I don't have time to read all these. No, man. But, no one but does. The, like having a podcast where we're expected to talk about this will motivate me to read said books. And, and I'm excited to do, to do more of that. Um, even if it's just sections, even if it's just like, Key, yeah. key articles or chapters that that like um has some some ideas that are worth talking about um and i think that can be great uh, hopefully like for for people listening and watching like you know uh just be like people don't have time and, and hopefully this 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 is a way to engage with that content or it could be a way at least to engage with that content gain some perspective on it without having to sit and read where you could be doing the dishes or lesson plan and just like let let us let us play on the speaker while while you're doing do whatever you got to do and and hopefully get a sense of um some of some of these articles and, and books and whatnot so yeah and i also think like yeah as much as this is just kind of like a passion project for you and i because both of us are interested in it and we yeah. want to talk about teaching it is it is helpful i think to kind of just hear and like honestly like empathy like hear what other people are going through because a lot of times I think as a teacher I certainly felt this you get sort of siloed in your own like especially during the pandemic you get the 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 absence of feedback and the the absence of feedback the absence of data which is a huge thing that we'll probably have to talk about more in the pandemic did you feel like you were just completely doing a terrible job for like <laughs> the whole time basically i think <laughs> I, I think that there, there were definitely moments where i felt that way um i think i i made a very conscious effort to just shift my expectations mm-hmm. i i think i think i think the way i the way i dealt with that feeling was i consciously said look especially the end of 2020 march april may mm-hmm. i basically said what if I get any assignments or if I have five students in my zoom class, if I have, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's a win. If I have one student in my zoom class, it's a win. I'm going to focus on what I can do, what I can talk about with this one student, like that there's a really valuable space where like, they'll like, you know, and that like the way I, I'm, I'm a very silver lining glass at full kind of guy. So like, mm-hmm. obviously like I could go to a place where like, I feel terrible that I only, I, there were times at the end of the year where I only have like one or two students in my zoom classes. 
it, at the end of last year, not, not this year, this past year, our school did a good job of laying the expectation down. Like if you're in zoom, you're in zoom and you, you, you attend and you sign in and you're there. And like, yeah, at the very least, like students were like signing in and it was, it was more, there was more engagement, but at the end of 2020, it was, there were days where like, it was like one or two kids in a zoom class and like, right. you know, you, you can go to a really dark space as a teacher. Like, what am I doing? How do I reach these kids? And, but like, mm-hmm. I think, I think being a plugged into a, a really, uh, active like virtual teacher community through TikTok <laughs> for yeah. me in that time a, a year ago year and a half or so that was really helpful because I, we were able to share all of our experience and teachers were, it, it, I realized it wasn't just me I think as part yeah. of yeah where I think you brought the point of conversations really uh, can be awesome for teachers especially because you, yeah. you get to see that it's not just you having these challenges so I did to, to answer your question yes I definitely did at times feel like I was doing a terrible job um and the way that i dealt with it was i i basically like was like all right the 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 goalposts are moving like in a totally different direction not we're not we're not trying to like increase the expectation we're we're just gonna say whatever we can get yeah we're gonna focus on that and 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 that's and we're gonna be okay with it yeah man well the reason that i asked that question you know just kind of extending on this idea of why we want to do the podcast like there's just so much to say about the pandemic. Like I, I got, I got frustrated with, um, I got frustrated with like, just kind of like the eye rolling and I still am right. Like just the eye rolling of like, oh yeah, remote learning, like a lot of kids are failing. And I'm just like, I, I do feel a lot of times like, um, large scale sort of narratives about education, are kind of like roll your eyes throw your hands up kind of like just sort of bemoan that it's bad (laughs) and in fact there's a lot of people who are bending over backwards on a day-to-day basis to like and to to make it work to make it to make it not that way and and beyond and yeah like i think and I'm not trying to like be spiteful here, but I do think, right. Like there's a, there's a lot of media about education that does not really highlight voices of teachers. And that's something that I really want to, to focus on. Like there's, I'm not saying that no one's doing this. Like, obviously there's a lot of other organizations and, and media out there that does really centralize the voices of teachers, but I don't know, man, like you, there's, you nice white parents is an educational podcast that was really big and basically i thought it was really well done but i was like how come you didn't talk to any teachers like very few very and like that's not wasn't really the angle but i listened to whole thing i thought it was really good and i was like how but like talk to some of the teachers in this school like there's they're 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 really smart people who have really complex thoughts on the racial churn and and the segregation of of new york city public schools i taught i taught in not that school but like a school exactly like one of the school buildings that was in that was in that podcast and it's just like just sit down and talk to some of the teachers and they will they will tell you and um i'm I'm blanking on some of the other ones but the point that i'm trying to make is like there there feels like there's a lot of media and you know, politicking about education that doesn't, that doesn't really bring in 
the voice of the teacher. And that's a huge failure over and over and over again. Um, it was a huge failure of like, you know, some of the Common Core initiatives and the Obama and the Bush administrations. And it's just like, just, just ask the teachers, just talk to teachers and ask them and, and create that kind of space. And they, every single person who's in education is very actively trying to make their school, their school a better place. Like, if you hear critical feedback, it's because there's like a real pain point that probably hasn't been acknowledged or understood. Yeah. Um, that's not always the case. Some people are just whiny, but like, I don't know. That was another thing that I've been thinking about because a lot of people are like, well, what do we do? What do we talk about? Because, or like, what, what lessons do we have to learn from remote instruction or pandemic learning? And, and um, I don't know if you saw this, one of the guys who's running for the New York City mayoral race mm-hmm. was basically like, <laughs> he basically said like, now that we've learned our lesson with remote instruction and remote technology, uh, we, can, we can dramatically cut the amount of teachers that we have, because he said some, his name is Eric Adams. And he was like, well, now we can do remote learning. Like the pandemic taught us how to do remote learning. So just hire only the best teachers and allow them to teach in that one special way that they teach. Uh, But now instead of doing it to 20 kids, they can do it to 400 kids on Zoom. And we were, and I was just like, oh God. Like, I was like, you should not be mayor of New York City. No, 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 no. If that's kind of how you think teaching works. And I think there's a ton of misconceptions around what teaching wow. is. Wow. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, that it was bad. That. It was bad. It was like on a, I think it was on like a public interview, like a news yeah. interview. He was like, oh yeah, the, the, the one special way that that one teacher knows how to do it. And it's like, no, nah, man, it's, it's student to teacher ratio. That's like 80% of the, 80% yeah. of the problem. And like, I mean, like his point basically it sounds it seems like he's saying like you know like take take these uh, the teachers that are the best like i don't know modern day like kind of like these, these modern day youtubers like basically like make make these teachers like these youtubers and like the kids will watch them and be entertained but like that yeah. even like youtubers who are big mm-hmm. uh, i've heard them talk about like um i think one was Eric is his name he's got like a million followers he's like huge right but he's got this course mm-hmm. he made like a creator like uh, education course and he capped it at a certain number a very small number i think he's got like twelve thousand people on the waiting list and people were like well why don't you just like teach yeah. them all sort of like with his mayor candidate was saying like if you're really really good like as a teacher just teach more kids mm-hmm. you're really good as a youtuber just like teach like these more more people how to do what you're doing but it's like no like mm-hmm. literally like we got to cap it because the high, like the bigger the class, the quality is going to go down. Like, totally. and that, that's a fact, like not just in education, but in other spaces, like in, in, yeah. in any space where the, uh, the success is very connected, not like mm-hmm. 100%, very, very connected to the, uh, the student to teacher relationship. Like that, yeah. that, I think that like, you know, obviously some students can learn, kind of no matter what like their relationship with the teacher is but that is not the norm or the case for all students and yeah. like the vast majority of students need that connection you're not yeah. gonna get that yeah versus zoom class no nah, no nah. it's it, i you know i i don't know what this i i have i'm not really following new york city politics anymore i hope the guy doesn't win if that's what he what he thinks but yeah um yeah, there's 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 so much to say, man. There's so much to say, and I want to talk about it. And I thought, you know, I thought this is a cool summer project, and hopefully it keeps yeah. going. And and um, 
yeah so i think that's i think that's a pretty decent intro what do you think i think it's great (laughs) i think we got it i mean yeah we'll we'll keep it rolling and and it'll hopefully it'll evolve uh kind of naturally and be a good interesting conversation for teachers and um at the very least, you and I get to hang out and connect and, ch- and talk about teaching, which that's really, if any, if literally anyone listens to the podcast, that's just a bonus. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, we should, we should mention, mention though, if you are listening and, and if you have questions or, or topics that you would like to hear us talk about or questions that you would like to hear yeah. us discuss, please shoot us an email uh, or like shoot us a DM on our channel, social channels, which will yeah yeah we're definitely this is the first time i've ever done this i'm a very amateur podcaster but i've never done uh, yeah so i've done done, done other stuff never done a podcast so yeah this is fresh we're excited about it though (laughs) yeah man um yeah we'll we'll have we'll 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 create a website or socials or i don't know something we'll 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 build the things that may that make it work but yeah um, yeah we, we can definitely I was debating, like, I think, I think there, there'll be a time like where depending on how serious we want to take this, we could build like a accounts for this, like a YouTube channel for this and like even a TikTok for it if we want. Yeah. Yeah. Just because like the way TikTok works, like the way I've learned, like, you know, I think if, if we build a TikTok for this or a YouTube for this, and like, we're just mm-hmm. posting this. Yeah. That's what it like is. Clips yeah. of this, like if yeah. people, if people really do like it, then it, those will, it'll just do its own thing yeah 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 Which you're the second nice. you're the second most famous tiktoker i know man oh my god yeah <laughs> who's the what, most famous tiktoker you know my students i i'm not gonna say that i know the, oh, Venn, the you have the students who are pretty big yeah i have students who are um almost at 100k right now. that's legit yeah yeah that's legit. uh they're they're uh their branding and aesthetic is a little different than yours, I, I should say. But oh, I believe it. <laughs> uh, but I yeah, they're it. they're they're good. They're they're good kids. They did uh they did a fantastic job this year in AP Lang. I was really proud of them. And they have a they have a they have a really big TikTok, so it's cool. I'm yes. not gonna say who it is. And the but the Venn diagram <laughs> the Venn the Venn diagram of like uh students who would because the thing the thing that's funny that I learned about I discovered that they were like really big on tiktok and i texted them and i was like like what how come you didn't tell me because like i use tiktok in class as like a joke and i post like make, make make fun of students and stuff every once in a while on tiktok and i would joke all the time about going viral on tiktok and like it was always this running joke that i had never gone viral on tiktok before and then i find out that they have like millions and millions of views on tiktok and they go viral all the time and i texted them i was like what the hell like you yeah didn't, you didn't help me out like and they were just like no please do not tell anybody like they it's like kind of a secret that uh except That's for like funny. it's like kind of a secret except for like in their circle that they're like they have a ton of tiktok followers which is funny but that's so funny yeah yeah so yeah man this is cool i i'm excited that we're doing this i hope that it's uh you know at the very least, you know, you and I will have some cool conversations about teaching yeah, yeah. and learning and hopefully it's helpful uh, to some other people, man. But um, yeah, teaching for 10 years in the game for a whole, a whole decade. And it's the reunion. It's the, it's the 10 year anniversary this, this week, man, this, this week? week, that's wild. 
That's crazy. wild. It's crazy. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. If you're out there listening, and we appreciate it, and we're, uh, you know, give us some feedback and let us know what you want us to talk about. All right. All right. See ya. <laughs>